The reading is taken from James chapter 3, and it's to be found in the Pew Bibles on page 1214. Taming the Tongue. Not many of you should presume to be teachers, my brothers, because you know that we who teach will be judged more strictly. We all stumble in many ways. If anyone is never at fault in what he says, he is a perfect man, able to keep his whole body in check. When we put bits into the mouths of horses to make them obey us, we can turn the whole animal or take ships as an example. Although they are so large and are driven by strong winds, they are steered by a very small rudder wherever the pilot wants to go. Likewise, the tongue is a small part of the body, but it makes great boasts. Consider what a great forest is set on fire by a small spark. The tongue also is a fire, a world of evil among the parts of the body. It corrupts the whole person and sets the whole course of his life on fire and is itself set on fire by hell. All kinds of animals, birds, reptiles, and creatures of the sea are being tamed and have been tamed by man, but no man can tame the tongue. It is a restless evil full of deadly poison. With the tongue we praise our Lord and Father, and with it we curse men who have been made in God's likeness. Out of the same mouth come praise and cursing. My brothers, this should not be. Can both fresh water and salt water flow from the same spring? My brothers, can a fig tree bear olives or a grapevine bear figs? Neither can a salt spring produce fresh water. Two kinds of wisdom. Who is wise and understanding among you? Let him show it by his good life by deeds done in the humility that comes from wisdom. But if you harbor bitter envy and selfish ambition in your hearts, do not boast about it or deny the truth. Such wisdom does not come down from heaven, but is earthly, unspiritual, of the devil. For where you have envy and selfish ambition, there you find disorder and every evil practice." But the wisdom that comes from heaven is, first of all, pure, then peace-loving, considerate, submissive, full of mercy and good fruit, impartial and sincere. Peacemakers who sow in peace raise a harvest of righteousness. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Thank you, Delith. Isn't it amazing how things that are quite small can have a really big impact on you? Uh, the other day, I'd gone for a walk with my dog, and we'd been down onto the beach, and I'd come back on the prom. And you know, it's like if you've been down on the beach, you're walking along, and you realise suddenly there's a stone in your shoe. Um, and you're walking along, and it's a lot of pain, and then you start walking real funny, and then you start kicking it, trying to move the stone to be a less painful part of uh, your shoe. It was like that, and in the end, I had to give up, had to stop, uh, undo my shoelace, 
and tip out the stone. And when I did, it was so small, I could hardly see it. It was a tiny little thing that was almost invisible, and yet it had been causing me so much pain. Small things that have a really big impact. Um, I just looked at myself in the vestry before the service and I panicked because I put on this microphone and I don't know if you can see it, there's a small thing there, this red light. I thought somebody, a sniper, was focusing on me. I got this red light on my heart and I thought, where's the sniper? I can see a red light on me here. And small things that can really have that major impact. And our reading today in the book of James is about something that's small but has massive power. All about the tongue. And that's our focus today. Uh, it's part of our series. We're working our way through the book of James, and we've come to James chapter 3. And we're going to be looking specifically at the, the first 12 verses. I'm going to be drawing things out there. Uh, the book of James is full of so much practical wisdom. It'd be worth rereading when you get home. Read the whole book if you like, but specifically this chapter and think through. So just as we begin, we're going to pray. Heavenly Father, uh, we thank you for your word. And we just pray that you will speak to us through the power of your spirit as we unpack this passage today. In Jesus' name, amen. This morning I want to draw out five contradictions, uh, five contrasting things, if you like, five things that sound really strange from this passage of James as he talks about uh, the tongue. And we're going to look at these together. Firstly then, the tongue is small but it talks big. The tongue is small, but it talks big. Verse 5 says, The tongue is a small part of the body, but it makes great boasts. Isn't that true? We use our tongue, don't we, to talk ourselves up, to put other people down. Uh, We boast, not always openly, sometimes subtly. Uh, Many of us, especially vicars, I think, like to talk about ourselves. We need to be careful in what we say. Choose our words carefully and live up to the standards that we proclaim with our lips. We're halfway through our year of discipleship and as those who are trying to take this issue of discipleship of Christ seriously, we need to learn self-control with our tongue and take this issue seriously if we want to honour our Lord Those who study the human body say that the tongue is one of the strongest muscles in the body. And there are some of us that make sure that it gets plenty of exercise and build it up to make it stay strong in that way. The whole of the book of James actually has got lots of advice about the tongue. Not just this passage that we had read earlier, chapter 3, but if you go right back to the beginning, chapter 1, James starts off this. My dear brothers, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. Quick to listen and slow to speak. Does that describe us? That's James's advice. Maybe you know someone who talks too much. Sometimes it needs a bit of a drastic cure. If you go to Massachusetts, there's a graveyard there with a gravestone with a lovely epitaph on it for a lady called Arabella Young. This is what's written on her gravestone. It says, Beneath this stone, a lump of clay, lies Arabella Young, who on the 24th of May began to hold her tongue. (laughs) Drastic, drastic. Let's learn the lesson before 
Arabella Young, slow to speak, quick to listen. Be careful with our words. The tongue is small, but it talks big. The second contrast here is it's a bit odd. The tongue is wet, but, says James, it can start a fire. That's an odd thing, isn't it? Because our mouths are moist, have saliva in them, the tongue is wet, we lick stamps and that sort of thing. But James here says, your tongue can start a fire. Verse 6, the tongue is also a fire, a world of evil among the parts of the body. It corrupts the whole body, sets the whole course of one's life on fire, and is itself set on fire by hell. That's pretty strong stuff, isn't it? James is making the point here that just as the smallest of sparks can start a whole forest fire, so just one careless word, an untruth, a lie, something said quickly without thinking, can start a major disaster. Something that's uncontrollable, something that you can't stop. Be careful with your words, the tongue can start a fire. During the Second World War, there was a lot of campaign publicity produced by the British government, warning people to be careful about what they said. You never knew who was listening. Whether there was a German spy hidden around the corner or one living unknown in your community, you couldn't, you couldn't be too careful. There were posters and phrases like, walls have ears, that were on there. One of the posters from the time was one that says, loose lips sink ships and that's uh, in the context of war it meant that a little secret let out could have drastic consequences with hundreds of lives being lost just from somebody saying something to their neighbours these words they're powerful things Uh, James here he was mainly concerned about the, the spoken word before obviously the invention of the printing press and other things But we could extend this to the printed word and indeed the word online. Stuff we write, stuff we post, reviews we write, criticisms that we share. I wonder how many lives have been affected and destroyed maybe by careless words, rumours started online. Wars on Facebook, gossip spread, people's reputations damaged because of the words we use. Words are powerful. And James warns us here about them. The tongue, he says, can be an uncontrollable fire. How often do we speak first and then think afterwards? Rather than the other way around, to stop in to think before we open our mouths. There was a competition held online and people were asked to suggest comments that you should never say without thinking through first. Comments that we say all the time, maybe, but really we need to stop and think. And these among the top ten were things like, it's no trouble at all. Don't worry, that's fine, I love dogs. Be careful. No, it's okay, we have plenty of room. Call me any time. Is there anything I can do? Uh, Why don't you all stay for dinner? (laughs) If the worst comes to the worst, you can use mine. Things we say. Be careful. Be careful of what you're saying. Fires are easy to start, says James. They're hard 
to put out. Just to say something simple without thinking. In fact, that's a good acronym, isn't it? Think before you speak. I've seen that written down here. T-H-I-N-K. Think. Check before you open your mouth. The T stands for, is it true? There's a good rule about gossip, isn't it? The more interesting it is, the more likely it is to be false. Uh, And be careful that what you say is actually true. When I was a curate down in Aberiron, um, it was over the Christmas time and we had a message come to the clergy that um, a famous member in our church, a leading member, had died and we should watch out for the funeral coming our way. And several other people rang up to tell us about this person who died um, and when was the funeral going to be and people were asking things about that. Uh, it would stay like that until somebody saw us walking down the street in Aberiron and realised that actually she was in perfect health uh, and this was just a rumour that had gone round and people had passed it on without checking whether it was true or not. Check first before you pass things on. Is it true? In the think, T, H, is it helpful? Will your words help bring out a solution? Is it helpful? Is it inspiring for the eye? Will your words build up? Or are they words that are tearing down? T-H-I-N, N, is it necessary? Do you need to say that? Do you need to pass that on? Is this comment really necessary? And lastly, T-H-I-N-K, is it kind? Are your words based on a heart that cares for others? Are you saying this because it's kind? We need to be careful with our words. King David sounded a lovely note of caution when he wrote Psalm 39. The opening words are, I said, I will watch my ways and keep my tongue from sin. I will put a muzzle on my mouth while in the presence of the wicked. Not rising to the bait there. He will keep a muzzle on his mouth. Sometimes we need to learn that. So then the tongue, it's small, but it talks big. The tongue is wet, but it can start a fire. Another strange thing, the tongue is just one part of our body, but it affects it all. This can refer to us individually, as James, I think, is saying here, uh, that our tongue has effects upon our whole being. But we could think about the body of Christ, the church. The tongue can affect the whole body of Christ. And as a church here, we need to work hard to make sure that we are building one another up and we're not falling out about small things. We're not winding each other up and we're not passing on gossip. We're working to be kind in our words. We don't pass on gossip, rumour. We don't get bogged down with the trivia There was a fascinating survey in America a few years ago about churches that had split for some reason or had in fact closed down because of falling out about things. And they asked the churches, what was it that led to your church falling out? Was it some major debate about this? And the the answers that came back were fascinating. Very few churches fell out on theology about what they thought about baptism or what they thought about the gifts of the Spirit. There were issues of contention, but very few churches split about this. These were some of the ones from the the churches that responded. There was a church that had a big split following an argument about whether they should have a clock in their worship centre or not. A lot of people left the church. Maybe you might think that's a timely argument, Um, but some, some left. One church 
had a big split after a 45-minute heated argument in their church committee about the type of filing cabinet they needed to purchase. Should it be black or brown? Should it have two, three, or four drawers? Uh, And this led to such a big split in the church that a number of members left and went off to join another church. Two different churches had big fights over the type of coffee that they served after the service, uh, leading to people leaving. Another church had a big split about whether they should sing happy birthday in church every week or not, with some thinking this is a fantastic idea and others disagreeing. And finally, one church was disbanded because of, um, this is interesting, a prolonged argument over the appropriate lengths for the worship pastor's beard. Um, so hopefully, yeah, hopefully we're not going to go down that, that line. Um, but these are true. Churches that fall out about these sort of things. We might smile at these, and in one way they sound funny, don't they? But it shows how we need to be careful with our words, how we need to be loving and kind in the things we say, and learning to listen and not fall out. Our tongue can affect the whole body, the whole body of us, but the whole body of Christ. And churches have split and closed over things that have been misheard, misinterpreted, mistakenly shared, or sometimes mischievously created. Proverbs chapter 18 says this, the words of a gossip are like choice morsels. They go down to the inmost parts. We need to be careful. So the tongue is small, it talks big. The tongue is wet, it can start a fire. The tongue is just one part of our body, but it affects it all. Our fourth contradiction, we can tame all sorts of things, but not the tongue, says James. Uh, Verses 7 and 8, this is strong stuff again. All kinds of animals, birds, reptiles, sea creatures, they're being tamed and are being tamed by mankind, but no human being can tame the tongue. It's a restless evil full of deadly poison. That's strong stuff, isn't it, from, from James? And we need help to control our tongue. It can be so dangerous, easily get out of control. There's a famous poem you probably know by William Norris, uh, which says this, If you, your lips, would keep from slips five things observe with care, to whom you speak, of whom you speak, and how, and when, and where. Uh, Famous words. We need to be careful. We need to be very careful uh, with our tongue, it's hard to tame. The only thing we can do is to turn to God, to rely on God's strength to help us, to dedicate our hearts and maybe specifically our tongue to God each day. Those words of Psalm 19, let the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. And then we can ask God, as we did at the beginning of our service, for for forgiveness for those unloving words that we might have said, those attitudes that we have sometimes. Be kind and compassionate to one another, wrote Paul. Forgiving one another, just as in Christ God forgave you. We can tame all sorts of things, but we need God's help with the tongue. And finally, the tongue can be a source of evil, but also of good. There's a big contrast here. Uh, Our tongue, says James, can be a tremendous source of good, but it can be a tremendous source of evil too. So we need to be careful which one it is. 
because of this power of words. Words, as you know, always interest me. I enjoy cryptic crossword and wordplay and puns and, and the challenge of language. It's been fascinating this morning. A few minutes ago, I was preaching this sermon in, in Welsh. And then I've come here to, to preach it in, in English and just compare the nuances of the different languages. It's fascinating. Words, they're so important, so powerful for good or for bad. What a difference it makes. Recently, I read a testimony by a woman who had a really serious throat condition. Uh, The doctor had said to her that her vocal cords needed complete rest and she wasn't allowed to talk and use her voice at all uh, for six months. Now, she had a husband and six children, uh, some of them quite young. And this, at first, seemed quite a challenge, a bit impossible for her. Just imagine if you were told now by the doctor, you need to give your voice a complete rest for six months. That's what she was told. So she made some plans. So when she needed her children to come or help in the uh, thing, she would blow a whistle. She kept a whistle with her, blow a whistle, and train the children to come. When she needed to communicate, she would get out a notepad and write down laboriously what she wanted to say. Can you imagine that? It's hard work, isn't it? If you've ever had to do that, if you've ever lost your voice and had to resort to paper. After six months, her voice returned and she could talk again and the doctors passed her uh, okay again. She was asked what it was like to communicate in writing only. And this is what she said. It's quite telling. She said, you'd be surprised how many of those notes I crumpled up and threw them into the bin before I gave them to anyone. Seeing my words before anyone heard them had an effect that I do not think I will ever forget. Powerful, isn't it? She had the chance that we don't have, which was to write out her words, to think, is this true? Is it necessary? Is it kind? Is it inspiring? All of those things before showing them to somebody else. We just speak out, don't we? Without thinking. And you can't take them back once they're out there. Our tongue can be a source of such good or sometimes such evil. And we need to make sure that it's pure and clean. James challenges us in verses 10, 11 here. Out of the same mouth come praise and cursing. My brothers and sisters, this should not be. Can both fresh water and salt water flow from the same spring? This is not right, is it? Out of the same mouth come praise and cursing. We are people who've declared that we want to be disciples of Christ. We need to make sure that what comes out of our mouth is praise not the cursing. Challenging stuff about this aspect of our discipleship, the tongue, the words we use. From James here, the tongue is small, but it talks big. Tongue is wet, but be careful, it can start a fire. The tongue is just one part of your body, but it affects all. We can tame all sorts of things, but not your tongue. And the tongue can be a source of evil, but also, with God's help, a source of good. So it's a challenge for us, as Hannah mentioned earlier, how will we use our tongues today to be a source of goodness, to reflect God's love for others? We've already mentioned stay and have some tea and coffee with us after the service, a chance when you can chat with one another. What about putting this into practice today? Straight away, you don't have to wait to put this sermon into practice. You can find someone after the service, and talk to them in a kind and loving way. 
encourage them. Talk about your faith. Talk about the good things. Why not introduce yourself to someone you haven't met before? And again, and show that friendship and fellowship with one another. Kindness in our conversations. My prayer is that we're all going to work hard at using our words here in this church to build one another up and help expand the kingdom of God here in Aberystwyth. So let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word which guides and directs our lives. We want to say sorry for the times when we've hurt you and hurt others by poor control over our words. We pray not that we will take control of our tongues because we know that's impossible, but we pray that you will. May your Holy Spirit help us to always to be kind with our words and to use our tongue for speaking good and not evil. And this we ask in the name of your Son, Jesus Christ, our Saviour. Amen.